Welcome to 321 No Kidding. Bobby the Awesome here. It's August 13th. It's my mommy's birthday. It's also, how's this for some irony? My bestie Tara that I talk about often. <laughs> it's her mom's birthday today too. And Tara's the one that her and I birthdays are a week apart. So just interesting little fun fact there. We are on to the conclusion of Recovery Dharma. And we're going to wrap it up tonight. I'm not going to get too deep into um, the remainder of the book that speaks to community, which they call, uh, let me pronounce it right, hopefully, Sangha. Sangha is community. And the rest of the book gets into some some meditations and kind of is a nice summary of the things that we talked about. Since we went so deep, I'm not going to get into all of that. We'll see what shows up tomorrow night. Um, Blue October is doing one of their concerts tomorrow night. So that's my hot date, but it's not till 9 o'clock if I could stay awake that long. And... Um, I, I know that we need to work on the eighth step. And I think I think we are going to be wrapping up the evening episodes at least as we wrap up August. And I think we're going to go just to, to morning check-ins with the podcast. I, I'm not 100% sure what's going on with work, but we're ramping up in 321 land and... I think that it's a good compromise to do one daily show and then one weekly interview. I really want to get some of the interviews and some of the guests out there because I feel like I'm I'm holding back secrets because I have some of the shows recorded and just 15 or 12 plus one, 13 a week just seemed like way too much, way too much information. So I'm going to... We're going to do step eight. We're going to chat a little, but we are going to wind things down in August and go down to the daily reading. And of course, you know me, the daily reading is never within 10 minutes. It seems like I always have more to say. So we'll still be chatting and having fun, just not twice a day. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting pretty excited. August 31st. We are launching our first run at the email challenge. It's going to be called Give Up Gambling. And it's for those who are ready to, maybe they've been gambling all along and maybe now this is the time. It's going to be a foundational email challenge where every day you get an email and you get a little lesson and you get homework and it will be it will be helpful. The goal will be to not gamble for the 30 days. And I will try to provide as many tools as possible to help with that. I will say that the expectation will be to be uncomfortable because quitting is uncomfortable. So full disclosure. But if you're ready, if you're ready to quit gambling... Give it a 
you know, give it a whirl and apply some of these things in your life. Um, yeah, I'd invite you to join. The website is in the home stretch, We're trying to make it pretty, pretty, finish the construction, and you can find the challenge there as a way if you decide that you want to make that investment in yourself and the process of completely quitting. If it's not your time, then that's fine too. Uh, stay tuned and we'll keep learning and chatting together. And when the time is right, the time will be right. So here goes the last, the last piece of our eightfold path. The final aspect of the eightfold path is wise concentration. Meditation practice begins with concentrating on the breath, the body, the emotional tone of the moment, and the processes of the mind itself, because these things exist in the present. If we focus on breath, for example, we're paying attention to the present moment because our breathing is immediate. It's happening right now. Breathing is a natural process that doesn't require judgment or interpretation, and so it eases the mind from the need to react. The purpose of concentration is to train the mind to be focused and undistracted. The circle This circles back to the wisdom section where we try to be focused on wise understanding and wise thought without being distracted by habitual perceptions and reactivity. You guys have heard me talk about meditation like a gazillion times and I don't know that I can stress how important it really is. And as I'm experimenting on my journey with this this presence you know, I think I've mentioned that I am taking, I, I actually haven't been faithful at, at attendance because we've been getting ready for the, for the launch and the website and doing a whole bunch of things, but Eckerd Tolle, his, his learnings are all about being present and in the moment. And I'm like halfway through his book and partially through his class. And I'm sure you guys will hear more about that down the road once I absorb some more of that information. So that's coming. But breathing definitely is something we could do in the present. And I loved, loved when Patrick taught us in the recovery elevator class, Ditch the Booze. He just had us breathe in. So we breathed in. And then we released it. And he said, there you go. You just meditated because you were focused on your breath. So it could be that simple. And you can also grow your practice. And that's just it. It's a practice. And again, I love the yoga teachers and how they present such a calm demeanor about it in a forgiving, loving, kind way always about our breathing, about our meditation, about lots of things. So I would suggest that you consider incorporating this in your daily routine on some level, whether it's just taking notice of your breath every once in a while, like that's a good start. I didn't even know that that was a good start until a couple months ago. And I've been meditating now for over a year, you know, actively. I mean, November, it'll be a year since I took my transcendental meditation class. And, um, my skills, 
you know, I was just talking to my counselor this morning. My skills need honed in for sure. I stopped doing the TM because I was doing, I was doing other meditations. I was, I've just kind of been going with the flow. You know, when I was in, in the ditch the booze class, there was meditations and I did them and I just finished a challenge and it had a different set of meditations and, and it's okay. I'm, I'm bobbing and weaving and learning and, uh, I, I could do a better job for sure with the TM and I'll get myself back situated when I'm supposed to. And this is, you know, another lesson that I try to preach to you guys is about taking care of ourselves and forgiving ourselves. So I haven't done transcendental meditation perfectly for probably, and I don't think I ever did it perfectly if I'm being honest, but I haven't been, been focused on that for a couple months now and that's okay because I've been focused on other things and I'm still going forward and I'm still doing things and I'm not going to beat myself up for that. I just reiterate that so you know to not beat yourself up over things. And I apologize. Yes, I'm yawning as freaking usual. I wonder if it's there's just not enough oxygen in this room. I don't know. Anyway, back to our wise concentration. Most of us early in meditation practice are distracted by things around us. Our concentration is interrupted by a noise outside the room, a pain or discomfort in our bodies, our own worries or judgments of the experience, boredom or weariness, or thoughts and plans. These distractions can lead to a feeling of unease or restlessness. This is perfectly normal. So that's what I'm saying is <laughs> that's how I'm flunking my TM lately is because I am getting really restless. You're supposed you're supposed to do it for 20 minutes and I can't even make it five lately. And it's because my brain is racing. I can't shut my brain off. It is, it's just thinking about the to-do lists and the things that are, you know, weighing on my mind. And that seems to be a big issue for me. And I've already kind of spoken to this, but I'll reiterate it. Concentration, like the rest of the factors in the eight, Eightfold Path, is a practice. And as with any practice, it takes time and effort to learn a new way to focus attention. In meditation, simply noting the distraction, accepting that it exists, and then refocusing is the practice. If we become consumed with discomfort, thoughts, or distraction, we need to first recognize that it's happening and then become curious about it. Then we can make the choice to refocus, to concentrate on the object of the meditation. So that just kind of validates what I'm saying about my own practice. It's really practice. Concentration could be especially helpful in, wow, in times of craving. Instead of getting lost in the delusion that we must have what we're craving, we can trust the craving is only temporary and refocus our attention on our intention to act wisely. So there's a lot of mindfulness, right? Wasn't mindful, wise mindfulness? Was that one of our things? I'm pretty sure it was. So it's being even mindful of being present, being mindful of concentrating, One of the suggestions in the reading here is when cravings or unpleasant emotions are particularly strong, moving the body can be the best way to help refocus our energy and find relief. So it could be taking a walk or 
you're, you know, stretching your arms, whatever, just something to get through the craving. Take your attention off of it. I hope, I hope that helps, guys. Sorry, I was turning the page to get to the questions. I'm not, you know, obviously reading you the whole book. Um, I'm trying to highlight every day what I think is important. Oh, I just found a word that I never heard of before. Learning to turn our attention back and forth between challenging sensations and our own supportive resources is a valuable skill that professionals call titration. You could be gentle with your practice as you are working to develop the skill. Hmm. So being aware and being able to turn your attention between challenging sensations and our own supportive resources. That's interesting. Titration. That, that could be our T word for the day. <laughs> All right. The questions around wise concentration. How do you get unfocused or distra- distracted in meditation? So for me, like I said, it's my thoughts and my brain. Usually, oh, excuse me. Um, another thing that distracts me is sound. When I was, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was walking this morning when I was talking to my counselor, and I'm very, very sensitive to noise. It really just, it really bothers me. Too much noise and too much commotion. I don't know what this is from. And she was trying to get me to embrace it acknowledge it and just be like oh okay it's there and try to you know she was trying to help me practice get away from the noise but if I have any kind of noise I can't I can't meditate it's just I just can't do it I do better with like if I'm on an airplane you know and there's people and chatter around I there's different meditations that I'll put on and I'll play in my earbuds and I do okay with that But if you're someone who's sensitive to noise, I just want you to know you're not alone and it can break conversation concentration. But the key is to be like, okay, there's the noise. It's passed or I I acknowledge it. Now I'm just going to the way our, our meditation teacher at work does it is she tells us to bring it into our meditation. So that way it doesn't bother us as much. You know, like if somebody hangs up on because right now we're doing them on and a group call, like a conference call, if someone hangs out, hangs up, it goes, so-and-so has left the call. And she'll just talk you through that instead of letting it break your mojo. And as it says, it's a practice. The next question is what distracts you the most? I think I just kind of comp- kind of told you about that. What are the, what are steps you can take to refocus your mind without judging your own practice? So like I said, our teacher incorporates it in. I sometimes will like get up, shake it off and go sit down and try again. I still can't always make it to the 20 minutes. But I definitely do sometimes just reset, visit it again later. Notice what value or learning you could gain by carefully and kindly noticing where your mind has gone or what has distracted you. What are steps you can take to use concentration to see clearly and act wisely? Isn't that interesting? If we are more in tune to what's going on, can't we make better decisions? And, you know, act wisely, I think, involves a lot of um, 
geez, I can't even think of the words I'm trying to say. Being, I, I think that's the one where you're not killing or stealing or causing harm to other people, not lying, um, and not having alcohol, well, intoxicating is what they say. So let's say, and I'm making this up, of course, as usual, let's say we're in a situation that's stressing us out. If we could really think about the situation stressing us out, acknowledge it and be like, okay, that's stressing us out. I'll get over it or that's stressing me out. Okay, let this pass, but not go kill someone or, you know, go drink to cope or go gamble to cope or, you know, do whatever it is. If you're concentrating and present, if you're present and you could be mindful of what's happening and what the consequences might be, then you're going to act wisely and not do those things. Again, practice. And the same thing with combating those cravings. If you're aware of the craving and maybe you ask yourself, well, I'm craving, but why am I craving it? Is it just a is it a physiological craving? Is it a craving because something is stressing me out because so-and-so pissed me off because I'm not getting as much done as I want to get done? Whatever it is, you if you're being mind, you know, mindful and present and concentrating, you can maybe get to the bottom of it instead of just acting on it impulsively. And I, I think that this this helps this wise concentration actually could help calm down the impulsivity. What are steps you can take to be kind and gentle with yourself through the process? I think I kind of covered that too. And, and that's, I didn't know that was going to be a question. I didn't read that far ahead, to be honest. But that's part of my logic with telling you I'm not beating myself up about not practicing a certain kind of meditation. I haven't been practicing the TM um, faithfully and I'm not beating myself up over it. Well, what good would that do, right? Like it makes a whole lot more sense to be kind and gentle with ourselves. And if we frame it, if it's easier for you to frame it in the sense of treat, treat yourself like you're treating your best friend, your mom, someone you care about, anybody else but yourself and allow yourself to be you and, and forgive you and, you know, not meditating isn't that harmful of a thing that we should even have to really forgive ourselves. Just be kind about it. Like, it's all good. That's, that's my speech for today, guys. I really enjoyed Recovery Dharma. I hope that you guys did too. I was tickled. Someone on my team today uh, wrote to me and told me she's going to get the book, that she's really intrigued by this. I have no like affiliation with them, Recovery Dharma, other than just learning more and trying to be able to share resources with you on what may work for you. But the end game is let's not gamble. Let's have amazing fucking badass lives. Like that's, that's where we're at. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for every gambler out there that's fighting the fight. You, you don't have to fight the fight and you can have an amazing life. It's, whether it's using the principles of recovery dharma or it's trying my email challenge or it's just listening to podcasts or it's going to 
to 12 step or go into a place like the center i mean there's so many options out there there's no reason that anybody has to suffer anymore that's that's my soapbox so thank you so much for joining me this evening i will be back with you guys in the morning. thanks beautiful people